I was um, a criminal detective in organized crime for 20 years. So there hasn't been a lot of science for becoming an entrepreneur. I shouldn't have been a, um, a police officer. I, when I was 16, 17, I was like a punk and I really hated military and stuff like that. Welcome to Keep IT Healthy podcast, a show hosted by people making things happen in technology, aiming to optimize healthcare delivery, health, well-being and fitness. My name is Jan Kaminski and I'm the co-founder of AppClover, a company dedicated to improving the quality of life with IT solutions and digital advisory. We started making this podcast to amplify the great thinking to propel healthcare forward. Our guest today is Andras Scheider, CEO and founder of v 42 Hi Jan, nice to get to know you and thanks for the invitation. Could you tell us a bit about what inspired you and how did you end up as an entrepreneur in the soccer field? Okay, I think the answer is not really easy, but uh, I, I have to like travel a bit back, back in time. So um, I was um, a criminal detective in organized crime for 20 years. So there hasn't been a lot of science for becoming an entrepreneur, but um, yeah, that, that was my profession. And when I turned 30, I just realized I want to improve my performance on the field. And I didn't find any proper software or or tool I could use. So I started training with Freeletics and um, I, I really enjoyed the progress, but it was not really soccer specific. And um, during this journey, I also had a severe ankle injury. And the first time in my life, I was allowed to like do a proper professional rehabilitation. And that blew my mind and I thought, I would have needed that 20 years um, in my last 20 years. So that was the idea why I founded it because um, I thought that was something that I was always looking for. And as I talked to a lot of clubs and players, I recognized, okay, I could, this could be a benefit for a lot of um, soccer players. And that's uh, how it all started as a, as a, as a coach for, for clubs, um, for myself selling PDFs. Before we get into the app itself, tell us about the previous career. You've been a police officer for 20 years, right? Yes. I shouldn't have been a, um, a police officer. I, When I was 16, 17, I was like a punk and I really hated military and stuff like that. So the, the story how I got to the police is really weird and, um, but, and funny, but I think it shows the different um, personalities. Can you oh, share it? Yes, I can share it. I... So I failed uh, gymnasium in, in Germany. Uh, I, I uh, had to leave it after the second grade because I nearly dropped uh, through the 10th grade uh, twice. So I um, started in the FOSS. It's like um, in a technical um, approach and I wasn't good in math and physics. I don't know why I did this, but um, in the 12th grade, um, my mom said, so if you, what, what's your plan afterwards? And I said, I will do something with computer. Ah, all right. So I, I want you to go to someone who can tell you, maybe give you a little, a few ideas what you can do afterwards. So I went um, to this uh, guy and he said, what's your plan? And I said, I don't know. You have to tell me that's why I'm here. And he said, what is your father doing? He said, he's, uh, he's working for the state. Okay. Do you want to do that as well? I, I don't know. Okay, do you want to become a police officer? I don't know. He grabs his phone, dials a number, 
says, yeah, blah, blah, blah. okay, you have uh, in 10 minutes, uh, you have your uh, first interview uh, at the police station. I went there, I signed a few, um, a few papers, went home and said, maybe I try to become a police officer. Everyone laughed, including me. And um, that's how it started. And the funny part is I, I went to this police test and my dad dropped me uh, the night before and I was standing outside the building and there came four police officers and they what are you doing here? And I said, uh, tomorrow is my test. So they, okay, they grab a drink. If I want to join, I said, of course, let's do that. And uh, we grabbed a few drinks. So, and at the end of the night at 4.30, I re-arrived at, um, at the police building, uh, spent the night, slept three hours, woke up, I had like a monkey and um, did the first theoretical test and then the 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 tests the, the physical tests and i like i couldn't not not once lift the uh, the bar i the teacher looked at me because everyone is preparing for this i i never lifted any weight so i did a six um a grade for that and then i started cycling and as i start cycling i'm recognizing okay now i muscle cramps in every uh, in every leg so um, that was the starting of the the police journey. But I passed the test, and then and then you stayed for twenty years, and then oh. I stayed for twenty years because um, I hated it. I, I remember my first like drill. It's like also like you you line up and you have to like walk and march to like know if there's a demonstration, how you line up and stuff like that. So I really was thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? And um, after. A few months you have like an, an internship in a police station and I recognized that being a police officer, being someone who really the original idea of helping people, um, that's really something you can do. And you have a lot of different aspects in this field and you have you get to know a lot of different people and the idea of helping people and being the like protect and serve kind of guy that that was something that I really liked. And that's what kept me in this um, business for for 20 years. But at a certain point, I like Gary Vaynerchuk and Simon Sinek driven. So I always start with why and stuff like that. So I started reading these books and I thought maybe that's not that that wasn't it for me in my life. And I, I wanted to start a side hustle to spend more time in something that I really love doing and mm -hmm. where I have passion for. But you were an amateur footballer to some yes. extent yes i was i football was my first love and um still is so i started as an amateur player i tried to like uh, in a in a youth facility i was playing there for two or three years but i was really a small guy and all the other guys have been one 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 meter and 80 centimeters had beards and i still was 140 so i dropped out there and enjoyed my amateur career at my um, home club and stayed there forever from Kreisliga to Landesliga and um, and then as a as a coach and as um, someone who's reliable for the club yes okay but but in, in that could you describe a particular incident or maybe I don't know a challenge or history that you faced during your soccer playing days um, that acted as a you know a, a catalyst for creating v42. Yeah, I, I think the the missing solution for how can I improve my game 
because I wasn't able to like attend to every training session. I only trained once a week because of my job or through my career. And I want to do additional um, trainings and I didn't find anything that really had a great fit. And then the fact that I had a severe injury and, and yeah, get aware of these great rehabilitation training methods that nobody or only a few players are, are able to like get these kind of rehabilitation. So that was the, the ignition of why I wanted to start it. And then why is it because of the money? Why only players can access that? Um, that's because of like, it's the, the pro players, they have a professional treatment, like they can train every day. If you are injured as a soccer amateur player, you can you get a receipt from from your doctor and you get to physiotherapy maybe once a week but you need training every day so when i went to the physiotherapist he told me okay you have an injury in your hamstring um make you have to pause for two weeks and they didn't have a closer look at what caused the injury so now if they if they're in the professional rehabilitation they you, know, you have a hamstring injury all right Let's start with um, having a closer look at your hips. How is your hip rotating? Okay, your inner hip rotation on the right side um, is, um, is not really good. So you have um, a problem here and maybe you have an old injury in your ankle that's created, that creates um, a lot of pressure for your knee and also your hamstring maybe get injured. So that's like the professional way of treating a, um, an injured player. And that's not really common in the grassroots um, section, but in the professional, area um you have you have the opportunity to train every day and that's what we want to create throughout our solution who creates the content for the app like videos and everything are those trainers who, who does yeah it? so the idea is like transporting professional know-how to amateur players and that's why i was talking oliver schmidtlein um, for four years oliver is um, a former athletic and rehabilitation coach from the German national team, always really close to Jürgen Klinsmann. And he's really an innovative guy thinking outside the box and stuff like that. Just right now, he's South Korean um, athletic coach. And he really impressed me. And I always wanted to have him in the team to create the best training um, for amateur players based on professional know-how. And he always told me, so rehabilitation out of the box for it, it isn't, it isn't possible. And after four years, he, he finally said, now I get what you're trying to do. And I understand how you want to do it. It's a great idea. Let's, uh, let's um, make up some thoughts and, and start together doing that. That was um, the idea. What wasn't he involved in uh, Bayern Munich? Yes, he was also uh, involved uh, in Bayern Munich, but only for a short period of time because Klinsmann had uh, to leave really quick as a coach and then always the, the staff is also leaving the club. I get it. So some professionals are pro uh, helping with the content uh, to make it more uh, valuable for its users, etc. Yes. But how does the B42 differentiate itself from other football training apps? Because I know there are a few. Yes. So what is your sweet spot? I think our approach, so we have like a basic product and a vision. And I think that separates us from every other training solution. So for the, the fundamental product is now a training solution for the club, for the teams, the coaches and the players to have a training solution 
and to like reach the full potential of the players while being aware of their load and preventing them in the long term um, from injuries and in case of an injury you can also like guarantee them a professional rehabilitation training that's the basic product and the the most um, the, the biggest benefit right now for the clubs what we are aiming for is to create the football training of the future speaking of connecting training and gaming because i i deeply believe or we at b42 deeply believe that this clothing this gap building a bridge between physical training on the pitch and esports is an extrinsic motivational factor that like will drive millions of of young kids and young players to strive to improve their digital data in esports in the esports world throughout hard work on the pitch because they know afterwards they can play their character um, in a game like a for example fifa just to understand it correctly so you have content both for training and for rehab if something goes wrong yes okay and uh given the emphasis of the rehab training because i was always like i always wondered like how those apps work when you're doing the rehab at home i know if you apps from different sectors sports uh, or not football per se but uh, that do it as well so could you share a success story where like a user uh, benefited immensely from that kind of feature or maybe some training techniques that you implemented you know just to, to sum it up, like, like it's um, the fitness part, it's rehabilitation, it's ball specific drills as well. And it's like organizing and load management for, for a player, what, what we offer. And the rehabilitation part is like a possibility, an opportunity to train every day at home. And it's, um, there are three different phases we created throughout the injured player can train himself. And at the end of every phase, there is an um, a test you have to pass to reach the next phase. So that's how the product is uh, built right now. And in the for the teams and the professional clubs, we created an opportunity that is soon released to like individualize your training for an injured player that you can like pick outside of our training content, the, the exercises you need, and then create the perfect workout for an individualized perfect workout for the injured player and i think we have a lot of success stories users that like we, we also made videos about it and stuff like that but that's just the showcase but th that's what drives us the 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 progress the the players or the injured player um have throughout using our app and we have a lot of um players that gave us great feedback i think the rating of the app speaks for itself we have like 1500 ratings in at the app store from apple and like 4.8 to from five stars so they really like our app and i think we can deliver what we promise that we like show you your progress and bring you back faster on the pitch than ever before and just to yeah just to because just for viewers you have over two hundred thousand dollars the downloads uh, and yes. over a thousand amateur clubs are, you know, leveraging leveraging its expertise with your app. Am I correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Like two hundred fifty. So yeah, but that's not the that's not the point. Yes, there's a significant okay. number of of players already downloading and using the app. 
what interests me because I know you've been operating for a while. What happened to you during COVID? You know, like what? Because probably the app wasn't functional. How has the B42 app adapted to the to the needs of of, of soccer players during COVID? Because as I assume, we have also some some clients from the let's say sport tech area that during COVID they were just shut down in a sense. So how how was it for you? At the beginning, we had really, we benefited from it because everyone needed um, a training opportunity at home because nobody could go to the football training. So at the beginning of COVID, um, B42 was only um, an application for a single player at this uh, specific moment. We benefited from it. So we thought, okay, now the football really needs an opportunity to like, or create an opportunity for the players to to work out at home. So we um, said, listen, guys, um, throughout this phase, you can work for free with the B42 app. So everyone has a solution to train with at the beginning of COVID, thinking about like everyone else, hopefully it's over in four to eight weeks and everyone can be back on the pitch. That doesn't happen, that didn't happen. And um, that was in the long term, really a problem for us because the soccer player itself that he doesn't he or she doesn't want to like only train physically uh, with an application but they want to play football on the pitch and so after a few months the the usage decreased and um, especially after like the lockdown ended happily for all of us everyone was just happy going outside playing f- uh, football on the pitch and that also had an impact on our app usage because nobody wants to do uh, like the home training anymore or not in that intense way yeah that yeah, was we, our experience it's it's interesting because we had some sport tech founder from different air let's say sports but my i'm really curious how's football doing in terms of digitalization and tech i mean is this industry tech savvy in a sense you know do you think it will it's horrible uh, it's, it's horrible. just horrible because i so, thought it since it's the richest, one of the richest, uh, probably disciplines, and the most, uh, they have a lot of money for tech for invention. But I understand it's not the case. I think it's like important to differentiate from pro and amateur clubs. I think there are a lot of great solutions out there for the pro clubs already. When it comes to sports tech, I think Kinexon is doing a really great job and a lot of other brands as well and there are solutions um, available that really create important data insights for for the players and the coaches Um, but the amateur sector is really like 10 years behind and um, if you would compare it like to an amateur market in in the us um, it's uh, really a horrible maybe is the wrong word but um, there are a lot of like older coaches and maybe older guys running the amateur clubs and they're not really um they don't really use apps or software um, they're not really skilled using it and so there is a lot of it's not easy to like sell tech to to amateur clubs and coaches but i think if we survive and and all the other companies in that area that will survive there is a, a great future out there in in a few years of time 
But what was your strategy? Was it rather feral when you when you were acquiring new clients, or was it the direct sale? It, it, we are operating in in direct sales and uh, reaching out to them um, via cold call and then a video pitch where we explain the solution. That's how we operate in in the sale uh, right now. But um, we are doing um, a big rework from the the website and the help center and think there will be a lot of um, additional ways of creating leads for B42 in the future throughout um, a lot of countries because we have now an English, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, French um, version of the app and the, the coach zone. So I think there are a lot of new markets and opportunities, but as we all know, one step um, at a time. Okay. And what about the plans? Uh, you're in Dach countries mainly right now, right? Yes, we are mainly in 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 Dach in the Dach region right now, and I think um, I would like to stay here and really to create a product market fit that is showable to hopefully and um, and sports tech interested VC or VC that um, has a sp- has. Um, a big expertise in the sports tech market, so that's what what I what we are planning to do, like create these uh, numbers and the KPIs to showcase that we really uh, have a great product market fit, and uh, um, the, the CLV and the CAC should speak for themselves. But how do you plan to you know scale from DAC to other countries if you if that's your plan or you just want to yes. remain that? No, 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 we, we have uh, plans, um, especially for the US market. And we have, we, we, we are not currently there yet because I think talking about the product market fit in the dark region, that's the next step. But, um, I think the roadmap is pretty clear when it comes to the big football soccer tournament. So we have now 2020, uh, we have the the European Championship and in 2025 the um, the championship of the, the the females and then I think it's the 2026 um, World Cup in the US market that's really the 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 point where we want to like entry the US market but to be honest we have a lot of organic downloads from our app in regions we um, we wouldn't have thought that these are really the countries that are, that are downloading and using our app in in like um, an extensive uh, in in a, in, a, in a way that's really remarkable and that's maybe also one of the other country that we have a closer look at in the future and starting some small tests and uh, try to like get a first market insight what about different sports i mean did you ever think about scaling from soccer to different uh, disciplines yes that's why we also named us B42 in the beginning in 2019. So not only like improving the the training in, in football, but like baseball, where the heritage of the brand name comes from, basketball, American football. And uh, yeah, that's um, also a possible step in the future. Because the model will be similar, right? Yes, it's like um, the an injured player, an injured injured basketball player is um, can benefit in the same way than an injured soccer player, and um, of course you have to like adapt the training plans for um, upper body related 
uh, or specific sports like ice hockey or or basketball. But um, when it comes to athleticism or speed training, it's all the same. I always wonder about the scalability of it. So essentially, what would be the pro? Like, if you are to take a new venture, new sport, like, what would be the process yes. to find the pros there, get their knowledge first, create content, and then you're ready to go or not ready? It's not how it I, works. I, I think it's um, really simple. It's like speaking to Oliver, um, making a few adjustments in the creating the training plan where the, when it comes to like upper body related exercises or mobility drills. And um, I think a few adaptations in, in, the, in the training plan creation. But to be honest, I think it's like a sport specific content creation, like a photo shooting and then create a new onboarding flow where you can choose soccer or football and basketball. And then you have an app with like images of basketball players. And um, that's pretty much it. When it comes to the coach zone, there are a few more things to, to think about. Um, but yeah, when it comes to fitness and rehabilitation, it's really a simple process, really easy. But okay, well again, to, to answer the question, maybe in your head, we don't want to lose focus right now. And if you like offering to or trying to reach out to too many different markets, maybe if you lose the focus on the soccer market, it's another really proper way right now. That's something that is in our heads at the moment. Sure, I, I get that. What's your uh, team size right now? Nine, um, we have nine team members right now. We are, ha already had 24 in 20. 2022 yeah and we'd really to downsize the team because um we failed to to scale up the business in the way it was planned and then the like breakdown in the investment market also uh was not really good for our future plans we always plan to raise um three million series a in a different area of investment to be honest i never i never wanted to like raise 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 and and sell that was never the plan but everyone raised money and if you want to like blah 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 you have to do that so we start fundraising money and ended up in we need to raise three million and it uh, didn't happen but it's not i don't want to blame it to the war or stuff like that so we didn't do our job proper enough but but uh, when I was doing the research, I, I, I noted that there is a you, you, you've emphasized a lot in some interviews and and in the, in the Internet, the importance of your organizational culture. So uh, how do you ensure that every new member aligns with B42 course, uh, core values and mission? Or are you all playing football? Like what's what's your what's your secret? I think just right now it's pretty simple because our team uh, stays the same for all the time and uh, we don't have to onboard new team members. But I think talking about values, talking about a vision and an ambition, I think that's the most important part of of a startup or, or of every company. And I think we, we, we get to know framework. Um, that was really one of the the greatest thing that happened to my entrepreneurial life. I, I met a guy and he coached me because as a young founder or not as a young founder, because I'm not young, but as an unexperienced founder, um, you don't know exactly what you do, but I always want to like build a brand 
that has an outstanding vision that motivates people working for it and or it with with us and and for the, the customer so don't like we sell you the the best speed program but we have something we really deeply care of and that's what we did at the beginning and and then i i met the guy i was talking about and he showed us a framework of creating culture and a framework for culture in the business and i in the moment he explained it to me i, I said that's that was the thing i was looking for all the time so to be honest i had i i had a lot of contact it was with different brands and i saw the like nearly the same framework in two really big brands one i'm not allowed to talk about because of an nda and the other was under armor and and that's what and that's something i really i'm happy to like was allowed to get to know this guy and this knowledge and because it's all about what's the the brand all about what's the what's the benefit for the customer what are you aiming for how do you define your leadership your values and then your leadership principles and then through throughout this fundament you like build your or develop your strategy so founders use a lot of advisory coaching how do you find yours because it's not easy i mean we were building an advisory board for years it's it's hard to find entrepreneurs or other people that want to coach yes you. i was lucky and i think and i think i always connected with people on a different level i never want to i never met a guy and, and i want wanted his money or wanted to like do him a specific thing to be honest, I was really impressed by Freeletics. So I reached out for Freeletics talking about a corporation. The dumbest thing you can do in 2018, but I gave it a shot. So I never reached anybody. And then I reached out to Daniel Shubani, the CEO and of Freeletics, and I wrote him a LinkedIn uh, message. And he contacted me back and said, let's give this question a try for 15 minutes. So after that, he said, let's, let's have a meal. And we, we talked and we spoke of different things, family, becoming a dad, stuff like that. And that's creates moments that it's a deeper connection. So throughout this, Daniel uh, invested in, in B42. And this happened in two, another, in two, with two different or two additional people as well in the same way. And Daniel, reached out to me and said, if you ever need help, or if you like feel lost in a way, um, this is a guy uh, I work together for seven years. Um, give it a try or give it a shot if you feel like you need somebody. And I, it didn't take me for a long time to reach out to that guy. And that was the beginning of finding someone who was coaching me and I think that was that's one of the reasons why we still exist. When it comes to regional presence, uh, yes. probably it's like which country is your, let's say, um, best market yes. now? So we, we have to like differentiate between the single player approach that we did for a long time. And then there we are all around the world. But with, um, I think, a focus on Germany, the Dock region, um, the US and Brazil. 
and the teams the team sale the club sale is only in the dock region so and starting um in in bavaria and in the in the south of germany and but also like in the in whole of the whole of the dock region but i think focus on, on the south region because that's where we started it okay um i, I have a maybe it will be a maybe it will be a tricky question but no, uh, no it won't if you were to name one thing so like what's one thing about football like soccer um or football world that most people don't know but you wish they did i think there's no hidden secret but i think there's something people don't recognize when it comes to football i think there is such a beauty in the process of becoming a football player professional or amateur player and the the values and the principles for life you learn throughout this if you're starting playing football as a three or four year old kid and i think and that's why we that's one of our core values and and that's that is driving us we want to like make sure that the the next generation also has these um this love for for the game because when you start playing football few four years old you there are no you, there's a, a a refugee kid speaking no word of no german word and is able to connect and play with um like the kid of an architect or like the kid of an, an unemployed person and all all social groups come together the kids play and they like learn throughout playing a lot of things for life like every sport does that but football in specific learns you how to like work in a team like how you um what you learn from from a loss how you you create values throughout all these different things that you learn um over all these years and it's like a personal development thing i, I never was aware of the fact that things you you learn how you as a, as a captain of a team or as a leader there's a lot of leadership principles in that works in a team in the exact same way in a is an organization in a startup in in a corporate whatever so so many things where you can improve yourself as a person as a player as a coach that has a tremendous positive impact on a lot of people's life and i think that's not something a lot of people recognize or are aware of the fact that this is happening for example from the let's say development perspective how do you see given tech if they fearing with a sport every sport in fact but like also football so where do you think it will be heading i mean um do you see any any advantages of tech and football except for the obvious ones but like are there any where you think it will is there any direction where where where, where the sport is heading i think there's a lot of a lot of value in in tech when it comes to like i i hired a a co-ceo um like 12 months ago that was the second best decision or the second best thing that happened um in my perspective and he's always talking about technology is a magic wand and he wants to use it to make sure that people are 
creating awareness of the fact that if they want to be healthy, if they don't want to lose a lot of healthy time in their lives, um, if you create awareness throughout data and gamification, you can improve people's life and making sure that they um, are healthy, living a healthy and yeah, and, and a great and a great life. And I think that's the the beauty in all the data and gamification. And that's for me sports tech, to be honest. And for me, it's a no brainer that there will be a big shift in what is what we understand in football training or athletic training in every in every sport. And I think it's connected to to esport. And I'm pretty sure someone will do it. I don't know if we are the guys who will uh, make sure that this is being executed, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the next, the next big thing. You mean eSports in general as a, as a new industry? Yes, if, like, uh, like the, the way we try to connect training and gaming. So to give you like the idea is Jan Kaminski installs the B42 app and if you start training with our app, we give you like performance tests. You can do these tests and you get an insight in your mobility, your stamina, your general power, like strength and um, speed. And this creates a player card for you, giving you data insights, where, what's your current status. And throughout training, you can improve your, your player card. So we do this not only with Jan Kaminski, but also with Jan Kaminski's team. So your team is just right now in the app using our app and everyone has a player card and a specific uh, score. And we use these scores to create tournaments. So there are four teams for you, 16 teams playing at first on the pitch and afterwards um, on the PlayStation and we create their accounts in, in FIFA and then they play the tournament on the pitch and afterwards with their data. And the idea is the next tournament in six months of time the, the the kids are aware okay if i really train hard now in the next six months my character will have not 65 but 70 maybe as a right. as a score okay i get that uh, sure and no, it's, I, whatever I it. every what we need is like an api to to a game that uh, is is saying okay that's pretty interesting so we had already a first video call with um ea and of course they liked the idea because EA wanted to like do this in a in a different way with together with Adidas in 2019 or 2020 and um, and i think it will happen and it's just a question of when and who i i mean i like this idea though i mean i like it even better than just esport so yes. and tech wise it's possible right the wearables the data is easily it's um, manageable so so yeah. from the tech perspective there is no no blocker for now yes and the idea is that you have the opportunity to play with your local club against your biggest rival and not always with real madrid versus barcelona and that you like throughout these possibilities you can also like create esports tournaments in your in your sports club and you can keep the the young generation attracted to your club and um, create more ways of connecting to your club and um, and also get the the esports players on the pitch and that's the that's the way that you can use esport not to 
like pulling away the kids from the soccer court, but like creating um, an idea of how you can combine both worlds. Mm -hmm. And get them, yeah, get them active, both what they like and get them active at the same time. Exactly. Yes. And do you still play, by the way? Or do you don't have time? From, from time to time, I quit playing football because I got two, or my wife got two kids. And um, just right now, there's a lot of time invested in B42. And um, I want to be, I don't want to be the dad that's not around. And in 10 years of time, my kids are 12 and 16 and just yeah. know their dad when he was he was at work. So I want to focus in my free time on, on the kids. And from time to time, I play in the, in the seniors and uh, yeah. Okay, so still, still active. Still active. Closely heading towards um, NN, but we, I always ask uh, our guests about advices that they give to other entrepreneurs. Um, I think that's very valuable and I try to have it as a as a, let's say, a stable, uh, stable question that doesn't change in order to be able to compare yes. everything later. So what would be the three um, advices three. Uh, yeah, right. that, uh, that you would give to entrepreneurs in the sports tech uh, industry? The starting like, sports tech, like sports tech related advice or entrepreneur related advice? As you prefer. First of all, I think the most important advice would be that you don't lose your focus. I create my advices out of my biggest mistakes. So my biggest mistake, mistake was losing focus on the, the product and the, the value it creates for its users and like to, to think about a lot of different, we have a nutrition app and stuff like that. So I, I lost focus and I think that's the, the most important part, um, not only in SportSec, but as a founder, never lose focus. You, I heard this hundred times before, but only after failing, I recognized what it really meant. So that would be my, my first advice. My second advice would be if you have product market fit and if you are an unexperienced entrepreneur, the biggest mistake I made was hiring unexperienced people and thinking of myself as I don't have any idea of marketing and product. Now I have, now I have um, new team members. They will do this job. They, they will not do this job because they're, they're unexperienced as myself. Um, I, I wasn't really, I, I didn't give guidance because I didn't felt good enough to, to give guidance. And I think, that that's my second advice, really hire experienced people like a players, blah, blah. You have to find them, but this is like, this will like change your, your startup from a startup to like a really a scale up talking about structure and processes. So that's the second important thing. And third advice would, would be like create a clear vision for your brand and your your team i think b42 wouldn't exist anymore if we wouldn't have this deep belief in the idea and everyone who's part of the team really loves the vision and the purpose of b42 why we exist and if it 
if we just started any kind of business, we would have been wasted like two years ago. But because we deeply believe in what we're doing and it is uh, the passion that drives us, um, I think that's something that could guarantee that you survive also through all the ups and downs that are coming. If you um, believe it or not, but there will be a lot of downs in your yeah, but yeah. business is a roller coaster. I agree. Yes, but yes, but but you now you agree because you've experienced it and you know what I'm talking about. And as an unexperienced founder or a first time founder, you say, "Yeah, business is a roller coaster, of course." And now let's rock and roll. And <laughs> and then then you experience it's a fucking roller coaster. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, and and thanks for sharing your story um i think uh, I, I think this is one of the biggest i mean the best uh, let's say uh, pivots in the founder's history that i've heard so far <laughs> from police department to tech world that's that rarely happens but it's, it's really inspiring so thank you for joining andy um i hope to hear from you soon yeah thank you jan for for inviting me and um giving me the opportunity to speak to you it was a pleasure and um Let's let's stay in touch and um, let's rock the sports tech world. Bye. Stay in touch with us. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us a like, comment, or share. If you want to reach out personally, you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram.